Hey y'all, I'm Alex. And my name is Joe from the Bump Boys. And this is Nostalgia Junkies Podcast. Hey retro lovers, welcome to the Nostalgia Junkies Podcast, where we talk all about pop culture, retro toy collecting, and nostalgia. And now, here are your hosts, Alex and Brandon. So Joe, what are we talking about today? Um, I think we're just, you know, shooting the shit, just talking about... Uh, talking about you, buddy. Oh, I guess we're talking about me. So, as you guys realized, Brandon's not here. Brandon just had a child with his wife, and we're letting him get acclimated. And obviously, again, we're not in the basement, because like Joe said last time, my basement is being demolished. Also, I ate Brandon. <laughs> True facts. Oh, I look like I could I look like I could have ate him, and I could have ate the store. But I didn't, you know. He's, There's he's, no food in his store, though. When you when you when you fat, you just eat. You, you, you don't even taste shit anymore. It, it, it just goes in the mouth, man. It's just one day I'll get to that level. Yeah, right. One day you you don't, you don't even taste shit anymore. The lead the lead tastes like ketchup, bro. <laughs> I'm fat. Oh God. So you are filling in for Brandon while he is out right now. We're filming in the Bump Boys studio while my uh, my office is being redone, and you are from. The Bump Boys. Can you? What is? What is the Bump Boys? Why the name the Bump Boys? Uh, so we basically are a, a tree. Or now we're a group of four. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, a group group of guys who just want to, you know, find the passion and care and love mm-hmm. that we found about wrestling mm-hmm. um, from back in the day. So uh, a lot of stuff came up. We kind of fell out of wrestling. Okay. Um, I thought it'd be fun to start something, put it together. I hit up uh, Will and Danny. And yep. So, Will's, been, Will's your brother. Will's my brother, for those who don't know. And yep. then Danny's a uh, friend from high school and college. Okay. Um, And we just started shooting shit. Actually, it's mm-hmm. been a year nice. since we recorded our first episode. It was uh, originally me and Dan that started mm-hmm. the first episode. And then we'll tag along, but he's always around for when we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's just a way for us to, you know, talk about wrestling, find funny things in it, you know, express mm-hmm. ourselves in a... And our opinions through wrestling, you know, and uh, it's a great way to, you know, stay involved in wrestling without having to consume as much product that's out now. Because, you know, it's not like a TV show where it's like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day. There's, you know, multiple promotions. There's Mm -hmm. multiple uh, companies. And that's just in America. Then you have, you know, UK and then you have Mm -hmm. Japan. So it was just something we came up with. Bump Boys. uh, Okay. The first thing you have to learn in wrestling is taking a bump. Okay. Uh, the bump is basically when you fall on your back, flat back. Usually that decides whether you're going to stick with it or fail. Okay. It's, it's the first lesson you learn when you walk into wrestling. And, um, you know, it was basically a way to say, you know, we're all taking that first step together. Okay. So um, that's where the bump boys came from. And uh, we basically started putting the work. And once WrestleMania hit, we got a nice little following. And then now we're up to 4K. Actually, we hit 4K today. So. Awesome. You know, wow. It was definitely something uh, a little fun. You know, shout out to Danny for, yeah. you know, great editing skills and, mm-hmm. you know, Will for finding out all these fun topics. And so stuff. you guys have been going a year. You're at 4,000 followers. Yep. Now, have you found that this has been an easy road to go down? I don't know. So this has been extremely difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, we started this company or I guess you can say company or this concept a year ago, but we didn't start taking it seriously. Yeah, we didn't start taking it seriously to make it a movement until mm-hmm. I want to say 
January, February. Okay. Feb- or I want to say mainly February. It's been like mm-hmm. a strong, f- I, I, I want to even say March. Like we started okay. taking it seriously, but it's been like five, six months that we've taken mm-hmm. it seriously. And in that time, we've definitely seen growth and mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a process. So mm-hmm. it's, now, um, have y'all hit like any time to be like, okay, is this some now? So you talked about taking a bump when you fall flat on your back yeah, and you had to decide, okay, are we going to go with it? Or are we going to move on? Has there been a moment in your podcasting journey of the last year that has been what you would call the bump? Um, when we first started off, it was difficult. You know, our quality sucked. My mm-hmm. computer's processor was right near the audio interface mm-hmm. of the uh, laptop. So once it started kicking in the high gear, you mm-hmm. heard humming. We've heard mm-hmm. robotic voices through Zoom. We've had technical issues. We've had, you know, mm-hmm. new computers bought, new gear bought very expensive the whole setup and it's been a parts where there was like i don't know if i'm joining or i don't start members but i don't know if i can stay or i don't know if we mm-hmm. can keep doing this is it sustainable and stuff like that um but you got to realize like whether you you know have the analytics where you're getting mm-hmm. you know hundreds of thousands of people lis- listening to you mm-hmm. you got to do it just because you have you're having fun it's a way yeah. the way we just look at it is whether nothing comes of this it's mm-hmm. an outlet for us to you know, express our interest in love mm-hmm. and wrestling and, you know, everything that comes with it after that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, recognition, the interviews and the prestige and stuff like that, that yeah. that's secondary. That's, that's mm-hmm. something that we so weren't going to. The whole movement of bump boys, the whole thing, the whole driving force behind the podcast is you and your boys just having fun. Yeah. Just shooting the shit. um, having a good time mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just putting people on who deserve mm-hmm. recognition. So, yeah. um, uh, most recently, we had an interview with um, Isaiah Bronner. Um, wow. People, you know, don't know him, mm-hmm. know much of him, you know, if you're thinking WWE and TNA and mm-hmm. AW, but, you know, he's the Midwest best kept secret. That's his, that's his, uh, that's what he calls himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked to him and next thing you know, um, we got interviewed through, or we got a uh, recap for Fright- Fightful TV or nice. Fightful.com. Uh, which is a big uh, publication for wrestling. Okay. Um, and now, you know, we liked his work before he was like on AEW and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So now he's on a couple of AEW matches and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, that's just because he's just a great talent. And mm-hmm. it's nice to like showcase and spend that time picking his brain and stuff like that. Yeah. Seeing just how great of a person, not only great mm-hmm. of a wrestler he is, which he's a great, but just a great of a human being he is. And mm-hmm. that's the best part about wrestling is, you know, he came from football and, you know, there's people, you know, such as like Alex Van Zandt, you know, um, he used to play Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day with us. Um, and he's on the indie scenes. He's a couple of champions in a couple of uh, federations and stuff like that. Wow. But, you know, he used to play Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. And you see this big buff black guy that used to be an NFL mm-hmm. or used to um, play football and stuff like that. And then you see someone who used to play like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you realize they're both in the same mm-hmm. field, like they're doing the same mm-hmm. thing. And they come from completely different backgrounds. And it's just mm-hmm. interesting to see just how diverse it is and stuff like that. Nice. So you've you taken over for uh, Brandon on Nostalgia Junkies podcast. You know, Nostalgia Junkies is really kind of about everything that we grew up with that was mm-hmm. like surrounded our childhood. You know, everything retro and nostalgia, really. I mean, that's yeah. how we got the name. And, you know, Brandon owns the store Retro Junk in Manchester. It's a great store. I, I stopped by, I think, last week. Yeah. Um. For the first time, I've always heard about it because mm-hmm. you know his family is very well, well respected in Manchester. Yes, they are off off the river. You know, my first 
me and my brother's first baseball glove, mm-hmm. our first camping stuff was yep. at his uh, Fars. Fars. His, yep. Was it his grandfather's? I believe so. Yeah, his grandfather's place. And that's been a that's a staple in Manchester. It's back yep. since the che- uh, like, I, it's, it's a landmark. Like, it's when it's you basically with Chinese when you think yeah. about it. You, know, mm-hmm. you guys are who are the Chinese? They yeah. were the, they were the leaders of silk for over here. So just yeah, put some respect it, on basically it. anything on the eastern seaboard that was silk was produced by the Chinese in Manchester, Connecticut, and yeah. it just that's how crazy it was. Mm-hmm. But you know. Just the vibe I got into it was literally walking into the 90s. Yeah. And it was crazy cool. Like, and, you know, Brandon has spent a lot of his life just kind of garnering that stuff for his personal collection and selling a lot of that on the side. And he and I kind of talked about that. You know, he taught me a little bit about the hustle mm-hmm. and, like, you know, what, like, valuing parts of your collection. And yeah. I feel like, you know, today, you know, because, you know, you're from the Bump Boys, you know, you love wrestling, you know, that you and your brother are into that, your buddy Danny. Yep. So we want to hear a little, we want to hear a little bit about that. But also, what are some of your collections? Because, I mean, growing up with you, like, I also know that you, like myself, are a fellow nerd. Yeah. So growing up, uh, it was a lot of Pokemon, mm-hmm. a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh, the mm-hmm. staples and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, uh, I think something we always collected was... Um, I forget where it was, but I think there was like a drink. It was a Digimon drink back in the day. And it used to have these uh, bottle caps. And on top of the bottle mm-hmm. caps, um, there was a sticker you would peel off. And on mm-hmm. there, I think it was like a Digimon or something mm-hmm. on the cap. And I remember, you know, you could pull Digimons from there. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom used to have us wash them off, put them in a bag. And when we were cleaning out the basement one day, mm-hmm. we found a bunch of these Digimon bottle caps. And it was just one of the coolest things ever. Mm-hmm. Um they probably were, were nothing, but it was just something really cool to see, you know, growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, something mm-hmm. like that. That's really cool that your mom actually held on to that, too. Yeah, I think it was just like, you know, she had a in a junk drawer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, go put it in there. You know, she cleaned out the junk drawer, you know, everything mm-hmm. went in the basement. And mm-hmm. once a year, I feel like a, a lot of parents would be like, oh, it's bottle caps are trash. Chuck them. Yeah. But your mom held on to them. You guys found them. Like, do you guys, do you still have them or did the... Uh... Did they not make the move one day? No, nah, so a uh, little fun f- history about us. Uh, uh, growing up, our mom was very big on hoarding. Or I would, yeah, I guess you could say hoarding. That's the best way to say it. She would hold on to like a lot of stuff. Like there's things okay. she's found from like when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. But it it's cool. But then you know she realized she had to get rid of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, she started getting rid of a lot of stuff. You know, um, our stepdad was very big into mm-hmm. collecting. He's a car collector. Um, okay. Very big on collecting, you know, pieces of his life in uh, car form mm-hmm. or making things in car form um, that represent him and his journey through life. Um, but for a lot of stuff, she she's I think now she calmed down on her collection. OK, like now I think it's angels and rocks and amethyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are, <laughs> those are some things that she collects. Okay. Um, and that she holds near, near and near to her, but mm-hmm. I want to say nowadays I'm collecting, uh, was one of my favorite collections I have so far is the Harley Quinn, uh, original okay. comic books when she finally got her own comic book. Okay. Um, so that's mm-hmm. probably our, uh, that's probably my grail, I guess you could say, you know, is that, yeah. Um, Harley Quinn was just one of those characters I liked when, you know, Batman animated series came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, that, that's where she came from was from yeah, that series right she, she was so she did so good in the animated series they made a comic for her mm-hmm. and then you know 9-11 hit mm-hmm. and she had a comic um i think i think it's like her second or third comic was basically the 9-11 um mm-hmm. shoot which is pretty cool just think about you know you're just brand new in mm-hmm. the history and mm-hmm. now 9-11 hits and now you have to you're a villain but you have to you know mm-hmm. show 
patriotism and rise against evil mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but I'd say that's that's probably one of the coolest things I I own, and finding them is so difficult. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he, I think it's a, it's a hero legacy in Manchester. Yep. I found a bunch of them from him, and that's been a very helpful thing. There's a couple pieces I'm missing here and there, but nothing I, major. I'll say another good thing about heroes legacy. Like I that's I actually have a little a folder there where they pile all my stuff up and mm. I go like once every two weeks and they put everything there and it's nice. But if they have something or you have, you want something and they don't have it, they, they'll help you find it. Like yeah. they'll see if they can get it either from one of the distributors, if another local shop has it, if they know yep. if any of their collectors have it, like they'll, they'll put out feelers for you. And I feel like that's something like, you know, I feel like we get a lot in Manchester, like mm-hmm. between a bunch of our small mom and pop shops Agreed. that, you know, I've gone to like, you know, I just did a road trip around the country where I went to all these different toy stores yeah. and out of, you know, I probably went to over a dozen toy stores across the country, just finding random stuff. And there's only one store. And I mean, I went to, I went to Tennessee, Nebraska, Michigan, Canada, and came mm-hmm. back. And there's only one store that would, that really, I felt Cared. would do the same. Like they, they see that, oh, you're a collector Oh, you have a high interest in this. Let me see what I can do. Would you say like a lot of times they would, uh, you would be like, hey, I'm really looking for this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at times they would just wouldn't, you know, yeah, put that it, extra step of like, hey, you know, I may know someone who may have it. I would, I, I would say if, if anything, it's almost just the more dejection. Like it's like, oh, well, you want something I don't have in store. Obviously, I can't sell that to you. So find something else. Yeah. Like yeah. either go on eBay or buy what I have. And it's kind of sad, which is the one thing I think that, you know, Brandon does so well. Brandon, yeah. Brandon, I, I mean, I've I've volunteered hours at Retro Drunk, and I, I've watched him like firsthand work with customers, and I've also been on the receiving end of it. He does such a good job, like working with customers. Like if he knows that you're in, that you want something, he'll write it down sometimes, and yep. or he'll keep a mental note. And if it comes to the store, he'll shoot you a message. He'll, he'll let you know about something, or he says like, you know, I might have a lead in like a little bit. And it is so cool. Like he's been honestly like one of the sole reasons why I've been able to have such a, a big street shark collection. Yeah, Brandon's been very, very um, helpful. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I noticed these mm-hmm. things is when I was helping you out with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, counting off some Pokemon cards and stuff like that. You know, yep. Kate came in and Brandon knew exactly what he ordered last yep. time. He knew this kid's collection. Mm-hmm. He knew what this kid liked. He was mm-hmm. like, hey, I remember you got this and this last time. Are you coming back for this? Because you mentioned this in the conversation before. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, yeah, I really want this, this, and this. He just and- has that encyclopedic knowledge of his customers. And it's yeah. it's so great. And I feel like, again, like those, those small mom and pop shops, like they're not just customers. It's like a family. Yep. Like they're, they're people who you see often. They're community. They're, exactly. they're, they're, they're family. Exactly. And he's a big, like his family is big in, like I said, Manchester, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people, you know, couldn't take their you know, legacy, their family's legacy and heritage and basically, you know, do whatever they want because, you mm-hmm. know, their they're, they're name's above everyone else. Mm-hmm. Brandon's not that person. He, no, this he man, is. this man will go out. He will, he's not, he's not entitled. He does, he doesn't get things served on silver platter. He, he understands hustle. He understands the drive. Mm-hmm. He understands, you know, the culture and stuff like that. Exactly. So he does it out of the kindness of his heart mm-hmm. and for the love of the art. And that's what mm-hmm. made me really respect him. And, you know, just that interaction I saw with him and that, um, the kid. that kid and stuff like that. Yep. You know, he kid wanted a little bit more and stuff like that. He's like, you know what? Why not? The kid's smile was worth that yep. extra bucks. That I, I could spot him right there. Yeah. And that and that that kid's going to remember that memory exactly. by far. Exactly. And that's going to be a repeated customer. And that's going to be a person mm-hmm. 
that now they're loyal to Brandon. Mm-hmm. They will go there before they go to like the Walmart, the Target, things like Which that. Which is like, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name this store because I don't want to put ba- I don't want to say bad things about other like mom and pop shops. Yeah. But I remember there was, there was a, a there was a card store that you and I used to go to mm-hmm. when we were kids down in that same general vicinity. You know what I'm talking about? I do, I do. I, I you, still you, go to you, that place. Yeah, though. I know you still go to the place. So there's a place that we used to that I used to go to, and I remember I was like seven or eight years old. They had a Venusaur in the binder, and I would like ride down on my bike. I see the Venusaur in the binder, and I saw the price on it. And it was obviously more than I had at the time. So I did chores for my mom. I did chores for my grandparents. I did chores for my aunt, and my uncle. I had a I had a paper route. I would rake the leaves for them. I worked, and like you know, five weeks went by. I finally busted my butt and I got enough money. I go down. Now remember, this this is like before the internet was really a thing. Yeah. But the new issue, new issue of like the Pokemon card like worth thing had come out. It was up. It was like it was like four or five weeks. They they upped the price on the card. I now didn't have enough money. No, it was only like five bucks. And I was like, I'm here for the Venusaur card. I put my money down table. I was so proud. And he opens up and he's like, oh yeah, okay, okay, cool. And he he like, I don't think he knew he changed the price. Mm. He opens it, sees it's a different price. Sorry, can't help you. And puts the binder away. And I'm like, yo, like I've come down like every week to for this card, like working on this card, make sure it's still here. Yeah. And didn't it didn't happen. Like, you know, I get it, he's a business, it's a businessman decision. But it was like, oh, like, I don't know, like, I feel like it's the exact opposite yeah. of what happened with that kid. So it's like I, I I love when that stuff happens for like these kids and like they yeah. see it and like you know it's like I hear that you respect the passion and the hustle. Yeah, I, I definitely know uh, the stories mm-hmm. of that too. Um, you told me that before. Um, I saw I, Will I, smiling I, behind the camera. Yeah, too. It's, it's like it's, Will, it's, Will's, we, we've all heard this story before. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, different personalities, stuff like that. I think nowadays, if um, the it'd be a lot different nowadays after mm-hmm. you know he, it's definitely a change mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, oh, I'll be honest. That that didn't stop me from going back there. I still went and bought stuff. I still buy stuff there. Yeah, it's just it one of those like, moments in your childhood where you're like, like man, like, oh, this I is, tried so hard. And, yeah. So I mean, I I, just, I know I don't go on them like, hey, you got any deals? Like, that's not yeah. that's not a place that I, I just I know that I'm paying face value. Yeah. I know that whatever I buy here, at least for me, will not make a difference in my next purchase or my yeah. relationship at that store. Yeah, that makes sense. I, there's some stores where you know you have that. Mm-hmm. Com- uh, I guess you could say that com- camaraderie and interaction mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been to stores where, you know, hey, we're short on people mm-hmm. for Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm bringing Will, Jamie, and you know, yep. two other dudes. Okay, perfect. You can get a tournament yeah. free because you know you're gonna you're helping me out and stuff like that mm-hmm. here and there. But then I have had stores where it's like, hey, come on down to like you know New York or whatever. Okay, we're coming down to New York. Uh, you know, we got told it was free, and then all of a sudden. It's not. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? And mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, so like, you know, I've had good experiences and I've had terrible experiences mm-hmm. with stores and stuff like that. But, you know, those terrible experiences, I give usually give them like one more chance. And mm-hmm. if, you know, if they screw me, they screw me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those stores who always, you know, gave me a little lee- leeway and a little bit of um, a little bit of flexibility. Those are the stories that I usually go back to and stuff like that. Okay. So you, you mentioned you collect the Harley Quinn comics, yep. but I've also heard you mention Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh a lot. Do you collect Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh cards as well? Um, Pokemon, yes. I uh, started collecting Pokemon when my brother got me back into Pokemon mm-hmm. um, as a kid. 
him and Jamie would go play Pokemon a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tagged along with that. And then we actually ended up making a pretty good YouTube channel on it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And had a nice big following, you know. Will has probably one of the best deck profiles of mm-hmm. certain decks up on there. And, you know, we were pretty good. You know, just didn't stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Pokemon, I think everyone in the 90s collected Pokemon. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know. It was Pokemania. Yeah. It, it's basically, it's mm-hmm. the resurgence, I think, right now of what we're, the 90s was. Yeah. Of what Pokemon was. Um, well, and I feel like they're they're doing a pretty decent job with the anime right now. I don't know if you watch any of the current anime for Pokemon. No, I, I follow a little bit. You know, he actually got his, you know, Gengar, his Dragonite. And yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's in the, the Masters 8 tournament. Like, he is yeah. one of... Actually, he is technically in the Final Four. He is currently yeah. one of the top four trainers in all of Pokemon. Yeah. But, you know, I'm wondering, are they going to finally give him his W? I mean, they just they, I mean, they just gave him the, the champion in Alola. Alola. Yeah. But, you know, Alola wasn't a real league. So... A little little asterisk there. Well, ash. I guess you could say. Guess you could a little say asterisk. A little asterisk. 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 What do you ash- call it? No, I mean, the word is asterisk. But I'm thinking asterisk. Oh, asterisk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I think it's. I think it's a win in his book. You know, he deserves no, I mean, it. I mean, he he still went up against strong trainers, and yeah. like, I mean, so I guess I mean this could be a whole other episode about what constitutes a a Pokemon league, but yeah, just because it looks different doesn't mean I guess it isn't. But then again, you know, that, <laughs> looks that's like a, a whole- duck. Sounds like a duck. It's a duck. Yeah, it's just four instead of eight, and instead of badges or stamps. <laughs> it's like going to the post office and shit. So you you guys had this uh, Pokemon YouTube, and yep. we collected a lot of stuff there. You know, we got mm-hmm. we got a lot of base set stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was mm-hmm. it? You know, base set Charizards. Everyone's lo- in love with those. We had a, a, sh- a crap load of them. You still got uh, any of them? No, we 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 sold them off. We had uh, three people who we had to build decks for and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the when you become a group and stuff like that, you have to look yep. out for the group rather than one individual person. Yep. So, yep. you know, and you know, if we're gonna bling out his deck, I gotta bling out mine. Mm-hmm. Jamie's gotta bling out his. We all gotta bling out. We all gotta be cohesive mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. And you know, finding that stuff was a little difficult and very expensive. But mm-hmm. um, nowadays I collect uh, what was that? I got a bunch of base. I got a bunch of dark Gyaradoses pre-release. <laughs> I've, and, I've uh, seen that stack. That is a big stack. And then I collect Holden Phantom Energy. So that's been my mm-hmm. main collection after the Harley Quinn stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm missing, I think, two or three Harley Quinns. But, you know, the Holden Phantom Energy is it's an old set and never not print anymore. I got to wait for people to pull them. Mm-hmm. And then I got to buy them from them. So they're really hard to find, you know, on the open market. Very, I've had a couple of people try and sell me fakes. Mm. Um, but that's been my collection. So if you have any Holden Phantom Energies, let me know. But so no, no more Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I have a couple Yu-Gi-Oh cards here and there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, I have some band mm-hmm. cards. Cause I remember like back when I was like coming back from college and stuff. Like you, you, Jamie, you guys were like huge into Yu-Gi-Oh at that time. Yeah. Um, Will got me into Yu-Gi-Oh as well. So a lot of my collection stuff comes from Will. <laughs> um, but you know, overall, I'm Yu-Gi-Oh. That Will is the linchpin in a lot of this. Yeah. Well, when you're when your brothers and you know <laughs> he says like, hey, I think we can make something out of something mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. our mom never gave us that support or you know mm-hmm. hey yeah, yeah go for it do it and mm-hmm. stuff like that so we had to do it ourselves so mm-hmm. it was one of those things like if he needs a little support you know if i believe in it i'll support mm-hmm. it and stuff like that but um i got a couple band cards here and there that i keep mm-hmm. um a couple cards that you know i always keep around mm-hmm. i keep my goat deck for you know it's almost like chess for Yu Gi Oh. so that's what i keep and uh 
oh, I keep some of my Yu Gi Oh um, mm-hmm. accessories, but that's about it. You know, all the other stuff mm-hmm. sold it. It's too volatile. It's too expensive. It's um, it's it's a lot to deal with, and the upkeep of it. You know, it's a very you know Yu Gi Oh can be a very toxic community too. So okay, the less you have it, the better, in my opinion. Okay, so would you say that the Pokemon community is a little more open than the Yu Gi Oh community? No, Pokemon community is toxic itself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, honestly, I think it's even more so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just how people would literally line up at stores, you know, to like beat to, down the to, doors, get the to get Pokemon back. So you're, like you're talking on like almost like the front side of it, not the back side. Uh, in the media, I feel like Pokemon gets a. There's a lot more violence and just behavior that you know mm-hmm. isn't acceptable for grown men okay um but now i'd say if you find someone genuine and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know i think you can have better interactions as Yu-Gi-Oh. um with the younger groups yep but once you start getting into like the you know 18 19 and mm-hmm. like 20 30 year olds you know mm-hmm. it gets a little, they they mix emotion with uh with the game and that just doesn't well, well there's not like, like a separation or anything no it's always a challenge of who you are you're it's mm-hmm. it's male masculinity toxicity i guess so it becomes part of their identity i guess you would say uh, mm, they, they sensitive they sensitive. okay, I, okay. That, that's the best way i could describe it people get sensitive so i i, I, her, I, I guess i, I kind of leave it at that because i feel like <laughs> i can go into it like you know yeah. you know people just be uh i i you know, I guess the best way is I went to a tournament and heard uh, some people having a disagreement over a ruling. Gave them, you know, hey, how can I help out? You know, I know a couple of things. I played a couple of tournaments. I know a couple of things here and there. I say I have a fair grasp on the rules. Mm-hmm. I hear the rules. I hear what the situation is. That yeah, I'm like, hey, you know, this doesn't happen because X Y Z. And I got met with, you know, well, who are you? And I'm just like, well, my name is Joe. How are you doing today? Like. You try you try to kill that yeah. with kindness, and then it's like, mm-hmm. well, when was the last time you played? Like, do you know this? Do you know that? And I just, I'm just like, yeah. At a certain point, like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna be petty about what I'd say, I'm gonna start name dropping, and mm-hmm. you know, I played with this people, I played with that person, I, I, this person knows me, I know judges here and there and stuff like that, and it's almost like you have to explain yourself over something like okay. that. Whereas Pokemon, it's, you know. It's not that, but I guess you could say Pokemon is petty too. You know the way mm-hmm. dudes be calling Judge over mad quick. You know, Will can tell you stories about that. Okay, you know, Judge, he played through supporters, and he's like, <laughs> okay. But. So you collected Pokemon, you collect Harley Quinn comics. Yep, a little bit of Yu Gi Oh here and there. So would you say you've been collecting like your whole life, or like has it been something you've kind of like phased in and out of? Phasing out, like periodically, mm-hmm. depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, growing up, I used to when I. It depends on what I'm actively in right now. So, like, when I was a kid and doing Boy Scouts, I used to collect pocket knives. Like, you know, mm-hmm. one with spoons, one with forks. Mm-hmm. You know, red ones, blue ones, special mm-hmm. old ones from, like, back when Boy Scouts was just creating and stuff like that. You know, I collect a couple of knives here and there. Um, what else? You know, a couple slingshots I collected because mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. Um, got a really nice high-powered one that was made out of wood from the White Mountains. Mm-hmm. Then I found an old one that was native, and then I got rid of it the exact same day. And it's okay. just a bunch of stuff. Like it depends on what I'm into at the time, and mm-hmm. then I'll find like a little niche market thing, and I'll kind of latch onto that. Okay. So, 
you, you phased in out different types of collections. Mm. Do you think that like, you know, because I mean, I, I, I'm going to say speak from experience here. Like, I mean, I know that like there are certain things in my collection that like they're going to be staples forever. Like the Pokemon, the mm-hmm. the Street Sharks, like those are always going to be main things in my collection. The Power Rangers, like I mean, I have a, we have a Megazord right here. Like yeah. that that is like a crown jewel. It's, it's, it's of pretty my, dope, dude. You can thank my wife for that. Um, we walked into a store and I was I'm, I was in the middle of trying to collect like all of the original Power Rangers like mint and box. Yep. And I had one at home. I got a flea market. I found a second one at a flea market on the way down to Tennessee. We're hitting we're hitting this last spot in Tennessee. Uh, this uh, it was this Outer Limits in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I like walk in right on the right side. They have the entire lineup of all the mint and box, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And so I immediately grabbed like you know Kim, Billy, and Z- uh, and Zach that I or, you know Zach that I didn't have, and all of a sudden she taps me and goes, hey, look behind you, and I turned around, and dude, from floor to ceiling in box there are just Zords. Whether it's the Megazord, the Dragonzord, wow. the Thunderzord, the White Tigerzord, the Falcon Zord. You have the Zords from the Ninja Rangers. You have the Zords from the Lost Galaxy in space. Wow. Dude, apparently the shop had just bought all of this guy's collection. It was more than just Power Rangers. It was also Ninja Turtles and Transformers. And this was like, and it's like parts like buy me. You got some Beetleborgs? Yo, I was, honestly, you know the funny thing is I've been looking for some of the Beetleborgs. I remember watching that back in the day. You remember the blue one? Yeah. Dude, everywhere I go and I ask if you have a Beetleborg, and they go, I think I got someone somewhere. It's always the, the blue, blue one. one. It's always the blue one. Yep. Can never find the red one, can never find the gold one. It's always the blue yeah. one. But, yeah, no. So, like, I, I I know that, like, the phasing in and out, like, you know, I know, like, Nintendo is always going to be a part, but there, there's one thing that I collected. I'm, I'm still collecting it because I thought it was, like, it'd be something fun. Yeah. Stone Protectors. I don't know if you remember Stone Protectors back in the day. It was like a stupid niche cartoon. No. Th- you know Trolls, right? Like with the hair? Yes, yes, yes. So you have Trolls and obviously stone we all know. Stone Protectors. We all know Ninja Turtles. I thought you were talking about like, you know, something protects stones. Like, that's kind of weird, bro. So pic- picture like Trolls <laughs> and Ninja Turtles had a baby. Okay. So it's basically the Trolls but designed like a Ninja Turtle. Yep. And what they did is they put a flint in the chest with a little jewel. So you rotate the arm and it clicks and it flashes the chest. Well, that's pretty dope. I thought it was like, pretty cool. So it's innovative, I, different. I've, I've been picking up a few of them. I found one on card at a flea market. But quite honestly, I'm like, you know, I really like it. And I'm I'm a hoarder, so I'll probably hold on to it for a long time. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, would that something I would have collected if the time wasn't right? It's like my kind of thing. Like, so yeah. is there anything that you have that you probably like, if the time wasn't right, you wouldn't have had it? Um... Or if maybe if something was different, there's something you would have picked up. Something I could have had that I didn't. Um, like, where it's just like the time and opportunity. Like, everything was just like the perfect storm. Yeah. So, I guess maybe like a uh, better way to say this. What is something you regret not picking up? Uh, I want to say a lot of Pokemon cards growing back up. You know, just flipping mm-hmm. through binders, mm-hmm. seeing Pokemon cards and picking up for how cheap we used to get them for. Mm-hmm. Um that was been something, but I think... Trust me, I know five weeks can make a difference. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of days could used to make mm-hmm. a difference. Um, I don't think I've had any really mm-hmm. FOMOs, really, okay. uh, you know, missing out. You know, a couple of moments mm-hmm. here and there, but nothing that really st- stood out. You know, pick. hey, I saw this card that got, mm-hmm. you know, 
unbanned from a ban list or whatever. And now it's like a hundred bucks, and you're just like, ah, that's like five of them last week. I probably should pick those up. Okay. Um, you know, you have a couple moments of those, but um, mm-hmm. you know, once you realize, you know, some that you didn't pick them up, someone else is gonna have that. Mm-hmm. You kind of get over it, kind of mm-hmm. like that. But um, I don't ha- think I have any that I regret not picking up, but. Mm-hmm. My question to you would be is, was there some that you, like, recently, is there anything recently that you felt like you should have oh. picked up and you were like, I'm I'm a fool for not picking it up? So, uh, I mean, I, I meant to be, I'm a huge Street Sharks fan. Yeah. And there is, uh, like, the holy grail piece of Street Sharks is this 10-inch talking Ripster figure, which is, this is Ripster right here in the front. Yeah, with the legs, right? Yes. Well, obviously, he has legs. <laughs> no, 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 the figure you're talking about. Yeah, it's the figure I'm talking about has legs. Okay. And basically, what you do is uh, on the back there are four buttons. You can press the buttons, and it'll it'll say like his catchphrase, like yeah. "Shark dive," like something stupid. Like okay. when I was, was talking toys from back in the day, it was a yeah, it was yeah. a mail away exclusive. And so now trying to get it, it's really hard. But over COVID, the creator of Street Sharks, Joe Galliani, he mm-hmm. bought all these boxes off the conveyor belt at Mattel, and he started unboxing them. And one of them was a box full of mega talking ripsters and typically what he would do is he would like he would stream on twitch him like opening these boxes mm-hmm. and then would put this stuff on his website like a month later so he had these street sharks figure like this one figure on his his website it was 800 bucks and i mean i quite honestly i can't spend 800 dollars on a figure and yeah. i was like you know what but i'll do clarna i'll do like the the pay as you go thing yeah it was the max for Klarn at the time was seven ninety nine. It was one dollar out, just outside. And I didn't pick it up. And now it's the figure. I actually I saw it. the last complete unboxed one I saw go was two thousand. Wow! But there is some hope. Sheesh, there is some that's hope. A lot. I saw someone sell one on Mercari last week. It was missing the fin on the back. It was two hundred dollars. That's not bad. So it's, it's all over the place. So it's just like when you find it, you find it. So like every time we go on vacation, or go to a flea market, I will bring like a wad of cash. Be like, yeah, we're gonna find it today. I'm gonna make my cash offer, and yeah, yeah. I think, I think a lot of people see like the whole flea market thing as like you know people just coming for tag sale and stuff like that. Yeah, but you can find some crazy stuff back in the day. Like, dude, I got my Pikachu N64 at the flea market. That, like, and that's a crazy find. Like, that's 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 a grail. It's it, it was a rare it was a rare piece. Like me and Will would go to mm-hmm. swap meet six in the morning. And my stepdad, he'd be looking for car parts, rims, tires, cars, all that stuff. And we would be looking for video games. Yep. You know, I've, I've picked up Digimon World 3. If you don't know what that is, it's a basically Dungeon Crawler. That thing is now like, what, 60, 70 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I picked up Digimon World 1, the, the 2. The video game market right and now. And we picked crazy. them up for like quarters. Like, there were quarters. There, some mm-hmm. kid was just getting rid of them. He didn't care about them. Or some parent threw them in a bin and was like, take this crap out of my house or whatever. Yep. And, you know... It's just one of those things, like, it's just, the stuff you had, mm-hmm. you don't realize how much value it still has today, because mm-hmm. when you got rid of it, it provided no value or fulfilled Or you just value. give it to GameStop for $5. Yeah, or you can go to GameStop and get screwed off, but, like, I think the crazy part is nowadays, mm-hmm. people aren't getting that fulfillment that we got mm-hmm. as kids. Like, yep. when you were a kid, when you finished a toy or whatever, mm-hmm. and you were fulfilled with that toy. Yep. You, you felt fine giving it away to someone else mm-hmm. so they can fulfill that fulfillment or finally, you know, be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. Like when you beat your Pokemon, you know, blue for the, 
you know, fifth yep. time or whatever, and you yep. have a yellow at home. Yep. Sure, you can play on my Game Boy for all you want. Just bring in some fresh batteries for me tomorrow, and you can play all you want. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was a kid that was bringing in extra batteries so I could play on some dudes. Yeah. You know, blue version, and I would go mm-hmm. ham with like Arcanine or what? I don't think Arcanine was in that game. Arcanine was in that game. Was he in blue? Or was it no? It was in you red. Had nine tails, I think. Right? It was nine tails. Yeah, you had nine tails because Volpex was a blue exclusive. Yeah. Why do I remember that? Well, I'm wearing a blue shirt, but but it's, <laughs> it's right there. But it was just one of those things. Like I don't know if nowadays kids are finally getting that fulfillment, especially with all the mm-hmm. the marketing stuff and how you know quickly well, like, things I, move around them. I feel like you and I we talked about this with like the grinding aspect of Pokemon Red back in the day. Yeah, and, or, and the thing is, as a kid that got Pokemon Red or Pokemon Blue, like that was the game you got. There wasn't this yeah. mass like overproduction of games. Like you know. You had your Staples, you had your Mario, you had your Zelda, you had your Pokemon, you had, you know, your stuff on SNES, but like there wasn't a large abundance of games that were like were out and like super popular. Like really all we had was a little VHS on the TV at the top and like Toys R Us or in, in Funko yeah. Land back in the day. That's what you had. And so like when you got a game, that was a game you probably had probably either until Christmas or your birthday next year. Yeah. It wasn't just buying another game. So you had to make that game work. And it's like I remember one of the only games, I think Pokemon Red was the only game I had at, at the time. So that was the game I played and I grinded. So like I would spend for hours just beating Pidgeys. Yeah. I Growing up, uh, I had Red, Will had Blue, and then mm-hmm. eventually Gold came out. Yep. He bought Silver. Mm-hmm. I told uh, my mom, gave me an option to wait a bit. Mm-hmm. When I went to the store, I heard that Crystal was coming out. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if this was true or not. So mm-hmm. I, I opted to wait... I think it was like three months. You got Crystal? And then I got Crystal. And then when I got Crystal, I was like, this is crazy. That was like the peak of game design. Like that cartridge alone, the Crystal cartridge. Why do we stop doing stuff like that? Because there's no appreciation in it anymore. No, now there is. But did you? But at the time, it wasn't. Have you seen them take apart the Japanese Crystal? No. So if you take apart the American U.S. Crystal or the PAL region Crystal, it's just a normal circuit board. Mm. If you take apart the the Japan crystal, mm. it actually has a crystal like on the back, like in like gradation of the green on the circuit board. Oh, that's pretty dope, right? Like that was just like the, the small attention to detail that Nintendo did was just so so good. And like, I mean, that's why like I've probably kept most of my stuff from childhood that were Nintendo games. Mm. I think the only systems that I actually got rid of were N sixty four and GameCube back in the day. But, yeah, a lot of the Pokemon stuff, uh, I'm pretty sure my mom has a bunch of stuff still at her house mm-hmm. with, you know, probably Will's Silver and my Crystal mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. probably a Red and Blue there somewhere mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's not built the same anymore. It's just not the same quality anymore mm-hmm. and it doesn't hold that value as much. Like, you know, video games, like, you know, Switch games, I think are mm-hmm. the closest thing to mm-hmm. the Pokemon games because they actually hold their value yeah. out of all the video games, I'd say. But nowadays, you can just go online and download it into satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I know. They don't know the idea of, you know, waiting in line for, you know, mm-hmm. the 10 copies of the game that came in. Mm-hmm. Like, they, a lot of people don't experience that or whatever. So Exactly. It's I, just I, a I different era. Like, I feel like shoe culture era. has even kind of deviated from that, too. Like, I know, I know your brother's super into shoes. Yeah. But, like, I feel like back in the day, like, you know, you would go to the Foot Locker to yeah. get whatever was there. And I feel like, you know, now with the sneakers app and the Adidas app, they kind of do the same thing. They've kind of taken that aspect of shoe culture away. That unless you know of like 
the physical drop happening at some small boutique, that's it. Literally, it used to be back in the day, it was East Bay. You Mm -hmm. got a catalog and you put your order in, you sent in a check and, you know, Mm -hmm. you got your shoes. And if there was an error with it, you, it would, it would take weeks, months for you to get your stuff in. And with me, like, if I was someone back in the day, I couldn't dress in style back in the day. They didn't have shoe size. Mm-hmm. Like I have, like I'm a size anywhere from, you know, 15 to a 16 or mm-hmm. 15 to a 17. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't go up to that. I, I can't mm-hmm. shop in stores anymore. Mm-hmm. But now with, you know, sneaker culture and stuff like that, I can go mm-hmm. on an app. I can go on Facebook. I can join a group. Yeah. And I can find, like, you know, so here, there's, I can find pros and cons. Octobers that I can mm-hmm. fit and eventually wear. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, in the 90s or early 2000s, mm-hmm. You had to know someone. You had to know mm-hmm. someone who traveled. You had to know mm-hmm. that person who had that shoe. Mm-hmm. For, and for them to openly say, I have it, mm-hmm. and trust them. And you had to spend time going there, bringing it back, packaging and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it's not like just simply like, I can talk to someone in you know Japan right now and find mm-hmm. any you know anime thing I need or a certain piece of so, Japanese culture. So I guess like what I'm hearing is that collecting culture, whether it's shoes, cards, figures – it's all had its pros and cons. Would you say, yeah. um, from your experience, that overall the collecting world has, even though like you know we've lost like those features for the kids, like they don't have that experience anymore. Do you think that overall collecting has gotten better? It's gotten better to fulfill your collection quicker, mm-hmm. but the prestige isn't there anymore. I, I don't mm-hmm. think so. The hunt, the the hunt is not mm-hmm. there. Like mm-hmm. like I said, you can go online. Express shipping, you can get it in within a day. Mm-hmm. Whereas back in the day, you had to know someone, you had to know the person, you had to mm-hmm. find, mm-hmm. you had to actually hunt, and you actually had to find it. Nowadays, it's if you really want, like example, if there's something you really want, mm-hmm. go on eBay or you know, so type in Google and you'll find it. That then brings me with with your collection, like the Harley Quinn comics. Are you still yeah. missing a few of them? Yeah, there's a couple I'm missing, you know, here and there and stuff like that. But I think it's also, you know, I have to also prioritize certain things. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's I want to eventually display them and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, on the wall. But it's mm-hmm. one of those things I just it's it's going to be in the background until I, you know, mm-hmm. feel comfortable. Now, with the whole setup. do you prefer to find those in person or are you just like if like if let's say all of a sudden like someone just said, hey, here's my here's my credit card. Would you say like okay, and then like I mean I guess maybe give you a free credit card is not the best example, yeah. but would you rather find them in person, like have that experience of actually find them coming across, like flipping through the box of comics, like oh my gosh here it is, or mm. would you just be like okay well I have the means and just ordering it and finishing it? The gratification will definitely be finding it. Mm-hmm. The fulfillment will be finding mm-hmm. it. Um, the Ease of access would mm-hmm. definitely be just swiping a credit card, mm-hmm. um, which is what most people do nowadays. Is how mm-hmm. most businesses done. But I think the fact that you, if you go out and you find it, mm-hmm. you you did the hunt. Yeah, you 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 found it without having a, you know, using too much mm-hmm. technology. And nowadays, you still use it to find get a general idea of where things can be. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea of you know, as a kid, even going through, you know, certain. You know, Pokemon cards, oh, mm-hmm. boxes of Pokemon cards, boxes of just junk. And then you find one thing and you just it were like, back the memory. hey, this is something I need or this is something I want. And mm-hmm. it becomes a staple memory, mm-hmm. a core memory. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that 
is probably going to be lost. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, you can only find things that people want you to find. Mm -hmm. If, for example, if Will had, you know, a one of one, uh, you know, pop socket. I don't know. Let's go Mm -hmm. pop socket or whatever. And someone's like, hey, I heard about this pop socket one on one or whatever. Mm -hmm. If Will never says anything about it or he Mm -hmm. finds a way to Mm -hmm. get rid of it, destroy it, Mm -hmm. history will never know of where that is. It's a treasure. Yeah. And, you know, when you find it, it's mm-hmm. like you found treasure. Yeah. But nowadays, everyone lives on social media and mm-hmm. the internet. It's a little hard to find things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because everything's so publicized and like you also have the, all the bootlegs too. Yeah. Like uh, the, the boots are difficult because it's like, are you getting the authentic thing or it's like, is it potentially a fake? And I like, look in the card industry, that's huge. Yeah. There's, especially with Pokemon nowadays, mm-hmm. it's like very common to have mm-hmm. fakes and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm pretty sure growing up, we've all had our fair share of like mm-hmm. fake things being, you know, given Getting to us. Getting those gas station Pokemon cards in a clear plastic pack. Oh yeah, you know, just hold them up. Yep, those aren't real. Yeah, it used to be Dollar Dream. You can go and mm-hmm. get like a bunch of fake Pokemon cards, and mm-hmm. you know, I used to go crazy over those, <laughs> those things because they were a dollar, and you get some crazy looking art with some crazy foiling oh, on it. You used to be like, yo, this is the new stuff coming out, man. Yeah. I didn't even care if Dude, it was trash. That's bro. actually the reason why I got rid of my Feraligatr back in the day. You thought it was fake. I thought it was fake because like. Dude, we we hadn't gotten gold and crystal or gold and silver yet. Yeah, the Johto journeys hadn't made its way to the U.S. yet. We've had no advertising with the new Johto uh, monsters. Yep. So all of a sudden, like I opened up a pack of cards, like yeah, it's like it's, it was like a, I remember it being like a silver pack. I think it had like a Chansey on the front of it or whatever it was. Um, might have had Miltank. Thinking back to, it, I'm like, oh, this is a weird like Pokemon card. And then I open it up and I'm going through like Weedle, Caterpie, Energy, Energy, Kangaskhan. Weird blue alligator. and alligator. I'm like, this thing just doesn't look right. And I'm like, but it was it was in Japanese. It was holographic. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. And so like I held on to it a little bit. And I'm like, this thing is fake. I remember, I think I, I sold it to somebody or traded it to somebody. And like, I thought I was scamming them. It turned out I got scammed myself. <laughs> and like, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't really wrong. trying to, I wasn't really trying to scam them. I was like trying to sell them something. And they wanted that card. So I think they knew what it was and then picked up that I did not know what it was. Yeah. So it was like, oh, like that is like, it's so sad. What's one thing you've noticed um, or what's one What's one item that you've been finding has been extremely hard lately to um, acquire or at least leave and track down to find a general Mm -hmm. person who has a general idea of where it could be. Like, is it just, there's gotta be something in your collection where you're just like, I know it's in this area. I know it's. I know, so I know it's I, in Japan. It's in this dude's be- have, uh, basement, or something that like I I I want or as I noticed something you want, something you know that is uh you know a staple piece to your collection, whether it's a something small or something mm-hmm. big, but you you know okay. generally where it is, but you don't know so how to go about it. E- eBay aside, like e- eBay and like you know all apps aside, I think the hardest thing for me to find right now is GameCube Sonic games. And like I'll actually I'll even brought like, any Sonic games. I cannot find any Sonic games other than like you know the typical Sega like Sonic Sonic yep. Two. And it's like for someone who grew up on GameCube, remember, I think you remember Sonic Adventure Battle Two. Yep, that game was so much fun with all the grinding. It was fun. I can't find that game. Sonic uh, Air Riders can't find that game. That's one of my favorite <laughs> games. Wow, and I just, remember that. And I can't even like and I've like again like I just did a, this whole road trip. 
And I looked at every single, like, you know, we went, we went to game trader, we went to game exchange, we went to mom and pop shops, like even at retro games plus, like in both the PS2 sections, PS3 sections and the GameCube sections, no Sonic games. Mm. There's one flea market that I went to. A guy had Shadow the Hedgehog on GameCube. It was a little little water damaged, mm-hmm. but he had it was like 15 bucks. I'm like, I know this is worth a lot more than this. I'm gonna pick it up. And I remember walking out of the store, and she's like, "What? Why is Shadow in this game?" And I went, "Cause it's like Sonic, but with guns." <laughs> um, Sonic with guns. Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, you just like a uh, evil. Evil Sonic. That's how I took him as. But then when yeah. you get to know him, he's not that bad. Yeah, he, he's misunderstood. Just, misunderstood. Just different. Yeah. So if there was one thing that you could, like, let's, I don't know, like, world disaster, there's one thing you could take with you from your collection right now. You can only save one thing. What would it be? I can save one thing from my collection. Oh. <sighs> I think the best thing I could probably save is you know what, there's one thing. There's mm-hmm. one thing I always had mm-hmm. um staple of a weekend that everyone hated, but I just got mm-hmm. it was just a perfect weekend. Mm-hmm. God or you know, the devil was looking down on me and saying like we got you, bro. But um it was a camping trip. We went to Cooperstown for the basketball baseball mm-hmm. of fame. Okay. Everyone got rained out. Everyone, you know, all their stuff got rain. Everything got mm-hmm. soaked. My stuff was the only one who got who stayed dried out of you know, 70, 80 people. I was the only person that got dry. I think there was like two other people, possibly. But everyone in my tent was soaked. Everyone was soaked. It was everyone's stuff was so soaked they canceled the trip. Wow. And we're, so we go to we go to the baseball hall of fame. There's about to be another storm, mm-hmm. another monsoon coming up. So they're like, you know what? We're we're canceling the trip and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. One thing I bought from there was a. Uh, 24 uh, gold plated medallion from the Yankees or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll end up getting a black Louisville slugger. Mm-hmm. I think he still has it to this day. And it's just one of those staple pieces that, you know, we grow up mm-hmm. and we kept. And I saw the medallion, never touched it. It's been in this case, unopened. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things I just am going to keep in there mm-hmm. and just eventually just hang it up and be like, you know, this is a one day where, you know, mm-hmm. The world said, "Fuck everyone but Joe." Let's let's, let's give Joe a little, uh, a, a little, a little a pat on the back. So that's something I always okay. keep with me. I always know where it is. Um, mm-hmm. My mom was like, "Hey, you know, I got this box, whatever, here and here," and I I remember texting her, "Yep, th- this is what's in the box. Don't touch it. Don't open it. Um, if you open it, you know, there's this in here. Don't touch it. You know, mm-hmm. if you need to touch it, there's a handkerchief in there. Grab with the handkerchief. I don't want mm-hmm. anyone touching it." Um, because if it opens up, I'm going to be extremely upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just one of those things that it's been, it's one thing in my collection. I always know where it is okay. and I haven't seen it in about four years. Mm-hmm. I just got the box in my garage now mm-hmm. and I know, I, I know it's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's, I checked it. It's definitely in there. I, it's still in there, but it's just one of those things that it's just tossed in there and I just know it's in there and. I think that would be one of those things in the collection I would always take with me. It's just because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people believe in good luck charms. I don't believe in them, but it was just one of those tokens of a, a good memory I had. Okay. At, unfortunately, it was at, you know, 70, 80 other people's expense, but, you mm-hmm. know, it was good to me. <laughs> so 
it's been really nice talking with you today. So mm-hmm. really what, I, what I'm hearing from everything we've talked about is that the things in your collection have a lot of good memories for you. And for you, it's not just the acquiring of things. I don't really think for any collector it is about acquiring of things or any, mm. I would say healthy collection mm. is about just acquiring things. It's about either the memories that you made with them, like finding them yep. or the memories that they bring to you. Yeah. I think, you know, you touched on it great with the mm-hmm. words healthy collecting. Mm-hmm. There's healthy collecting, then there's hoarding and then yeah. there's, like you know scavenging and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know if you collect something healthily and you you know appreciate it and stuff like that mm-hmm. you letting it go is still mm-hmm. you you've collected it it's in the pokedex yep it's already marked down and it's one of those things like mm-hmm. once it's served that pur- purpose and it's served that fulfillment and you're ready to let it go mm-hmm. you know allowing others to you know feel that joy and stuff like that is going to mm-hmm. be far better than you know you holding on to it mm-hmm. you know you can always like just die one day and you just won't, you won't know where it goes, you know, mm-hmm. get, get thrown out in the bag and mm-hmm. no one can cherish it and stuff like that. So that's why mm-hmm. I hold on things here and there and then I get rid of them and stuff like that. But, you know, I do have a quick question before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, I guess it's like to re- give it to you. I know I've seen your collection. It's, yep. it's crazy huge. Yep. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm not going to give you one. I'm going to give you two. You get to keep two Ooh. things in your collection, but they can't be of the same genre. So, for example, if okay, you pick one Pokemon thing. Okay, something else. Pokemon is gone. Okay. Um, you know, I I I've kind of already said it before. I'm gonna. I think the fir- main for one for me right now, be Pokemon Red. It was mm-hmm. the first video game that I actually like got. Yep. So, I have so many memories. I actually still think somehow the battery has not dried out in that game. Which is crazy good. And it's... I know I've restarted it, but, like, the fact that it's still in its original battery from, like, 1999 or 1996. Like, that's crazy. Kicking. Still kicking. It's crazy. So, it's first one's gonna be that game. I'll, you know, I'll pick up a... I'll pick up a Superboy or, uh, you know, Retron somewhere at some point. Yeah. Down the line after my house burns down. But it would be that, and then, you know, it would have to be... I have this uh, giant... Street Sharks plush right now. That's it's a ripster. I've seen that. And, I think it's actually really dope. And it would, dude. It was a carnival gift. It was like a carnival prize back in the day. Back so, when you, so what's the story behind that one? Like oh, what, I, what? What makes that like that one top two? So we had been searching and searching and searching and searching for just like Street Sharks stuff because the thing is coming across Street Sharks stuff is exceedingly difficult because I. I I don't think people knew of how what it was back yeah. in the day, and it was just seemed eh. Yeah, people didn't really like. It was the like you know the it was Mattel's like uh, plight to like take down playmates to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and I well, I grew up on it because you know we go down to Mary Chena Library and we pick up VHS and they had the VHS there, so yep. it was only the first episode. So I watch it again and again and again and again and again. But we were trying to find some Street Shark stuff. So typically, what we do is. Uh, my wife or I will like go online and say like what what merchandise is available because I also really like the peripherals stuff too. Yeah. So like I have a pair of Street Shark sneakers that are like toddler size six that obviously not gonna fit me, not gonna fit you. <laughs> no, but definitely. Not. One day my child will be able to rock those to school. So that's kind of, was kind of the thought with that. Yeah. But we we came across the Street Sharks plush one day. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like. Let's let and it was like I think it was like um two three hundred something like that. 
So like for Street Sharks merchandise, not too crazy. Yeah. Um, definitely more than you want to spend on a plush. Definitely. But, but, but I I I couldn't bring myself to buy it. And so then I found someone local that had it and they wanted four for it. And I'm like, I, I'm not gonna spend two to three on it. Why am I gonna spend four on it? So I turned it down. And then it turns out Jocelyn actually she found somebody who was selling one of the ripsters and one of the streaks, which are two of the characters. Yep. And she got them in a combo deal. So I got home from work one day and she like pulls out this box. It was like a rough day. And she says, open it. And I, I pull them out and there are these giant, like they're probably like 36 inches tall. Like, wow. like from, if you stand them up, like they're 36 inches tall. I know I have them like sitting on the top of like a bookcase that I just have this like great plush of ripster. So that's where that came from, and I just absolutely love it. And I think that memory of her doing it for you is mm-hmm. going to be – that's the core memory that you're going to have from it. Like, if, whether you get rid of it or not, mm-hmm. it's the fact that, you know, your wife went through all this work and did all this stuff to find mm-hmm. it. Exactly. <laughs> what you laughing at, Will? He's mad because he's going to knock out no, – he doesn't have nobody. He, he wish someone bought him a ripster yeah. and a uh, crash. Know. Exactly. Well, so um, I'm Alex, and this is Joe. And Joe, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us at the Bump Boys. You know, most of our stuff is all through all at the Bump Boys. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give Alex my information. You can find it in the description. And uh, yep. you know, big on YouTube, and mm-hmm. that's the best way to contact us. So, and you can find me at Alex Forest Music on Instagram. But you can also find Nostalgia Junkies at Nostalgia Junkies Podcast on Instagram. You can find us at Nostalgia Junkies on TikTok. Nostalgia Junkies Podcast on YouTube, which is probably where you're watching this, or on Anchor or Spotify. And then you can just email us at NostalgiaJunkiesCT. Or just stop in Retro Drunk in Manchester, Connecticut. And say hi to Brandon. And say hi to Brandon. Yeah. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast and make sure to never miss an episode. Till the next episode.